Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Roland Smart, author of The Agile Marketer, turning customer experience into your competitive advantage. And you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, which was named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer in 2016. My goal for this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, we're joined by Roland Smart. We're going to talk about his new book, The Agile Marketer, Turning Customer Experience into Your Competitive Advantage. Roland Smart serves as the VP of Social and Community Marketing at Oracle, where he oversees a range of programs designed to enrich the communities associated with Oracle's products and services. His previous experience includes foundational roles at a number of startups. He speaks at industry events such as AdTech, Modern Marketing Experience, the Social Media Optimization Conference, and South by Southwest. He's also written for such industry publications as Forbes and iMedia, and he's the co-host of the Marketing Agility Podcast, and he has undergraduate degrees in art history and design. Roland, congratulations on the Agile Marketer, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So you work at Oracle. So when I'm watching the America's Cup and I see the uh, Team Oracle <laughs> yacht, is, is that you on the boat? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, but uh, I, I, the, first, the, the, year that we, the last year we won, I'm happy to say that actually a, a member of my team from a company, a social technology company called Involver, that brought me to Oracle because Oracle acquired that company. Um, a woman on my team who was running our marketing automation actually became the social media embed with the team. And so um, I was uh, very involved with the, the social media associated with the team. And that was just an amazing, amazing event that happened to coincide, of course, with Open World. So the timing could not have been better for Oracle. It was a really exciting time to be at Oracle. Well, terrific. Well, tell her thank you because um, we, we follow that. And my wife is, uh, was quite the sailboat racer. She's since moved on to horses, which I'm not sure that's any better. But, uh, and both our kids <laughs> yeah. were on the high school sailing team. So they were all sharing this and watching this. So uh, that's, awesome. that's interesting. You uh, had, a, had a connection there. So let me open with just one uh, quick excerpt from the book and we'll go from there. From page sure. seven, modern marketing is fundamentally about competing on the basis of the customer experience. Doing so requires new practices and platforms. Throughout this book, I map out the path to modernizing marketing. My intention in using this term is to underscore a company's ability to compete on the basis of customer experience. So, Roland, explain 
what Agile is and why that's so critical to marketing modernization. Sure. So that quote actually is sort of foreshadowing the sort of aspirational endpoint of the book. So let me start at the beginning and work up to what that quote is speaking about. So there's been a profound change in the product management and product development world. There's been a revolution there that's been driven by something called Agile. And Agile is really something that came out of the software development space, and it's transformed the way that those teams work. And it's such a powerful new approach that it's now impacting the way that marketers approach their work. And why is that? There's two primary reasons why that is. One is because, as you know, marketers are managing more software than ever before, from you know our websites to our analytic platforms. Everything that we use to do our job is basically software, and Agile is the best practice for managing software. So marketers are really taking a page from product management to be able to manage all that software and technology. The other half, though, is that marketers need to be able to bake marketing directly into the product or service. And in order to be able to do that, they need to be able to collaborate really closely with product management and product development. In order to facilitate that, They have to understand Agile at a very deep level because baking marketing into the product and collaboration with product management needs to be done in in the context of the framework in which they're working, and that is Agile. So there's sort of two pieces to that. Now, how do we get to customer experience from there, that sort of endpoint that I mentioned before? So we know today that there's a lot of research by analysts that has shown that marketers are recognizing and talking about the importance of customer experience. They know that this is going to be the future battleground. But the reality is most marketers aren't there yet, aren't aren't actually able to deliver on acting as stewards of the customer experience. In order to do that, one, we need to build sophisticated modern marketing platforms, i.e. we need to integrate a lot of software technology together to understand the customer's digital body language and to be able to deliver the right message at the right time to that customer via the right channel. The other piece is that we need to be able to actually influence the customer experience across the entire customer lifecycle. Today, marketers don't have purview over that entire customer lifecycle and don't necessarily have the approach that's going to let them augment all the different experiences across that lifecycle. So Agile really serves as a platform for collaboration with product management and product development and other organizations in the company that are going to let marketers have that influence. So from that, once they are able to do that, then they can actually step up to this role of basically being the steward of customer experience and where they can today they really are the the role that's best positioned to provide an overview of all the different touch points right that marketers can look across the entire customer experience and measure it what they don't have yet mm-hmm. is the ability to actually influence the experience across all of those touch points and so agile is this foundational layer or approach that allows them to collaborate in ways that are going to allow them that in turn to influence and improve customer experience across the board. Yeah, you mentioned uh, in the book there was a Gartner survey. Uh, This is about competing on customer experience and that Mm -hmm. 89% of companies expect to compete 
mostly on the basis of customer right. experience versus 36% four years ago. Right, and that, that was saying by 2016. Yeah, right. And so I, I think uh, the, the salient point to take away there, and I think I mentioned this in the book, is that <clears throat> that is a very aspirational view. I think, you know, it's one thing to capture what marketers are saying they're going to do. It's another thing to actually understand what they are actually doing. I think with those studies, and it's not just Gartner, it's a, it's a number of different analyst firms that have been querying marketers about this topic. What, the, what it really shows is that the, this idea that we're going to be competing on the basis of customer experience is really, really top of mind. Mm-hmm. I think that the estimates about when marketers are actually going to be able to do that are, to be frank, aspirational still today. We've got most marketers have a lot of ground to cover between where they are today and where we really need to be to be able to compete holistically on the basis of customer experience. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go a little further there because you talk in the book about the attitudes that persist in the marketing world between the traditional way of marketing and a, and a more modern way. How mm-hmm. how does agile marketing and, and another term, uh, growth hacking, help mm-hmm. to shrink that divide. And, and we should explain for the listener what, what growth hacking is, and then sure. while you're at it, throw in some lean. Yeah, okay, sounds good. So yeah, let me just start by, by prefacing and, and explaining those terms. So agile marketing, is, or agile, as I mentioned, comes out of the software development world. Lean actually comes out of the manufacturing world, but lean and agile really have a, a tremendous amount of shared DNA. They're both about taking an iterative approach to the work that we do. There are some differences to them, but in general, I think it's fair to say that there's a convergence that's happening in the marketplace between Agile and Lean. And then there are things like growth hacking, which I would describe as being a more tactical practice, which is consistent with the Agile approach. So growth hacking is often something that is really based on running tests and then iterating based on those tests to improve whether it's click-through rates or you know the performance of a web property or a, a software application. And growth hacking tends to be focused on a particular episode within a customer lifecycle. So let's say growth hacking might be applied to the sign-up process for an application or you know, a conversion within an, a website or something like that. So that's a little bit about ha- how Agile, Lean, and Growth Hacking relate to each other. They're definitely, I think, in a constellation together. And, and I think we often hear these terms uh, used interchangeably. I think that from my perspective, Agile is most relevant to marketers because of its background in software and because marketers are managing more software than ever before. So that's the first part. In terms of what is the, the, is the value that modernization is bringing marketers and how does it bridge the gap between marketers and the rest of the organization? So let's talk a little bit about the way that Agile works for a second. And I mentioned that product management and product development have already gone through this Agile transformation. You, you're probably aware, and m- many of your listeners may know that the Agile Manifesto, which was written over 15 years ago by some very influential developers, is what sort of started this ball rolling. And, you know, that transformation happened over the last 15 years. So Agile itself is, is not new at all. 
what Agile allowed product management to do is to be able to take a, a different approach to the, to the way that they work that is not about sort of predicting the future. Agile is really, really, it's an approach that's optimized for situations where you don't know, you, it's very difficult to predict the future. And so what you do is you build something very, very small. In the, in the parlance of lean, they call that the minimum viable product, right? You build something very small, you share that with a base of users, you get some feedback, you pivot and make course adjustments to make sure that you're basically heading towards product market fit. And so that approach means is very different than the traditional approach, which is known as waterfall. Sometimes I explain waterfall as uh, being the sort of measure twice, cut once approach, where mm -hmm. if you think about the way that you're building a building, right, you, you plan the entire project out before you pick up a hammer, right? And that's a so, good idea for building a building. Yeah, for a building, building that's pretty good because if yeah. you build, you know, if you got a hundred-story building, you're building, and you build fifty stories, and then halfway through the project, you decide that well, you actually want a giant swimming pool on the top. <laughs> right. Well, you haven't architected that building to be able to support that swimming pool, and what you're going to have to do is rip out a lot of what you built and and kind of start over. So that's very very costly. Yes. This is one of the problems with waterfall is that if you have to make changes in course, they're very very costly to make, and so. Agile is, you know, more of the measure cut, measure cut, measure mm -hmm. cut approach where you put out something small, you take some feedback. And what Agile acknowledges is that the reality is, is that most of the time we don't really know what customers want and we don't really know what product market fit is going to be. The fact is, if we were really good at predicting the future, if I was really good at that or you were really good at that, we wouldn't be talking together on this podcast because you'd be... What I do know is that I'm usually wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> so and, and, I, I rely on the data. Exactly. It's, it's very, very hard to predict the future, especially as a marketer in a world where change is happening so quickly, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so now you've got product management over here taking this iterative approach. But marketers haven't modernized the approach that we're using. So we're still you know, applying this approach where we're doing all of this planning we're doing these, you know, once a year giant product launches. Big campaigns. The, the campaign is, and it's just fundamentally out of sync with the way that um, companies are developing and delivering product. Mm -hmm. And so that is why one of the reasons why Agile is so important, because with um, Waterfall, we're out of sync. With Agile, it's possible to bring those two organizations in sync together and get them in lockstep. And what the benefits go beyond just being coordinated. What starts happening is that there are collaboration opportunities where you can actually build the marketing right into the product. So this is some of what we did. I mentioned that I was at a social technology startup that was acquired by Oracle called Involver. We did a lot of this at Involver where we had a freemium product. And we baked a lot of the marketing directly into that freemium offering. It was our primary marketing vehicle. That reduced our reliance on more traditional approaches to marketing, campaigns, advertising, and so on, because the product, this freemium product, was our primary advertising vehicle. And so we spent a lot of time figuring out how could we bake marketing opportunities directly into the experience that our users had. And that's an interesting part of the book where you you explain how baking marketing into the products and services can change a company's whole approach to advertising and promotion. Can can you say a bit yes. more about that? Yeah, so I think one of the parts that's 
I think stands out from, from my perspective is that when, when marketers are building experiences into the product, it, it's possible to make the, the marketing the difference between the marketing and the product very fuzzy or unclear, right? That you're blurring the boundary between what's marketing and what's product. Well, and is and that so, a bad thing? No, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I think that, that that's kind of an exciting opportunity for marketers because it means that you can tap into the people who are using your product and get them to advocate for you in much more authentic ways than you would otherwise do. So one, one example of this that I share in the book has to do with the brand, the eyeglass, online eyeglass retailer named Warby Parker. And they've done some things to embed some experiences into the product packaging that if you're, uh, for those, for your listeners, if they're not familiar with Warby Parker, they're an online um, glasses retailer. And part of what differentiates their offering is that instead of, you know, having that experience where you go online, you take a photo of yourself and you superimpose these glasses over your face, what they do is you pick us some glasses and they actually send them to you in a box and you get to try them on at home. And part of what they've done with that experience is that they've encouraged users to actually take pictures of themselves, share them on social and get feedback from their friends. Mm -hmm. So part of the buying journey or the buyer's experience is about this social component where you're getting feedback. That's something that people really want when they're buying glasses. But by teeing that opportunity up for their customers, what they're also doing is getting their customers to essentially advocate on social for them mm-hmm. simply by posting these images of themselves in their glasses and you know letting people know that they're Warby Parker glasses. And actually, Warby Parker, you know, I mentioned that they've integrated some things into their packaging that encourage people to share on social. One of the things that they've integrated prominently is a hashtag that aggregates all these different images of people trying on different glasses. And so that gives Warby Parker, of course, an opportunity to engage with those users as well and sort of mm-hmm. celebrate the try-on experience. So it's a really cool experience. I think it's very, very powerful. It's a good example of where the differentiation between the marketing and the product experience itself gets very blurred mm-hmm. in a good way. So... Everybody likes cupcakes, Roland. <laughs> what is the cupcake model of product strategy and how does that apply to agile marketing? Yeah, thanks for asking about that. So I, I was introduced to the cupcake model by a guy named Brandon Shower while I was working at a company called Adaptive Path, which is a, was a really cool user experience design firm. They've since been acquired by Capital One. And you know, it, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about this concept of the, what Lean calls the MVP. The cupcake model is really sort of based on this concept in Lean of building an MVP. And what it means is, is that, you know, when you think about your end product, if you think about your end product as kind of being a cake, right? It's got, it's got a couple different parts to it. You've got the, the cake, you've got some filling, and you've got sort of the icing on the outside. You know, part of that is the the fundamental structure of the product. Some of that is what differentiates your your product and so on. So when companies approach building a new product or, for that matter, launching a marketing initiative or a program, it's very helpful to apply this idea 
of the minimum viable product or the cupcake model, where you start with you know a very basic cupcake, and that allows you to instead of investing in building. Uh, this giant cake, which is going to take you a significant amount of resources and a bunch of time, you can develop for what it would cost to build that big cake. You can develop, you know, 10 or 20 little cupcakes Mm -hmm. and you can go out to the market and you can give those cupcakes to people and you can get response. That's going to help you zero in on, well, which of these cupcakes really resonate with people? And it's going to help you really learn about what your customers care about. Right. Uh, Essentially product market fit. And then with each iteration of agile, you are adding a little bit more to that cupcake and making it a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger month over month as you and add and better as you add elements to your, your program. So think about this, for example, in the context of something like marketing automation, right? So marketing automation, you might start with a very, very simple welcome campaign. It might literally be one email that gets delivered to somebody after they take an action with you. And you, you know, maybe you, you take that one little email and you make five or six versions of it. Mm-hmm. And those are your little cupcakes. And you see that, you know, one of those versions does really, really well. And so you take that version. Now maybe you break that into two emails. And then depending on how a user engages with one of those emails, you, you split up different tracks, right? This is how marketing automation programs get built is that you put something out there, you get feedback, you bifurcate emails, and you figure out how to make those, those communications, let's say, respond to information that the recipient might be telling you based on how they're engaging with the email. And of course, marketing automation is much more than just about email, but email is you know, one channel where you can apply this kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like a tinkerer's paradise. It is. You know, I mean, I think, you know, we don't tinker just for tinkering's sake. Or I should say but, a tester's paradise. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, this is sort of where the, that idea of growth hacking comes in, that, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're doing a, running a lot of tests. And actually, one of the things that I talk about in the book, um, there's a, a guy who really coined the term growth hacking, a guy named Sean Ellis, who has a great, web, great website and community that he manages called growthhacking.com, which is absolutely you know anybody interested in agile should should subscribe to that site because it's a it's a great resource for case studies about what people are doing with some of this approach in the we'll real make world. Sure to link that up in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com yep. along with the other one um the uh, agile marketing manifesto. Indeed, yeah, that's a that's a great document, great resource for for marketers that are just getting started with agile, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I mean, I think Testing and um, growth hacking, the, this is sort of emblematic of this of new approach to marketing, which, which is more agile. And I think, so we haven't talked much about sort of some of the underlying methods. Agile is really an approach, right? Underneath agile, there are different methods. Some of your listeners may have heard of some of the dominant methods like Scrum or Kanban. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, part of what I spend part two of my book is really focused on helping marketers understand what are the dominant methods and how can they be applied in the marketing context. And, you know, Scrum, for example, has this idea that we are going to release something on a regular cadence and we're going to privilege the idea that we're going to just put something out there on a regular cadence over the scope of what we actually release. 
And so that's a very different approach than most marketers are used to, right? And I think a lot of marketers aren't super comfortable with that at first because what it means is, you know, when you think about going back to our marketing automation example, it means that you're not necessarily going to be able to say, well, we're going to expand this program to have, you know, to address, you know, uh, five different segments of our audience by this date. You're not going to necessarily know that. What you are going to be able to say is, we're going to iterate on this, this program that we have five times over the next five months. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move towards, you know, we can point into the direction that we're headed in. And if we want to trim down scope of each of those iterations, we can possibly address those different segments. But it changes the conversation about prioritization and the way that we think uh, about you know, how we're going to, what we're going to sort of attack next as part of our program. Mm-hmm. You know, this is completely unrelated, but it, for some reason, Thomas Jefferson popped into my mind. And it's as if he were saying to um, Lewis and Clark, find the Northwest Passage. I'm not going to tell you how to get there. I'm not going to tell you how long to take. Just mm-hmm. do it. And, and it makes, makes me wonder, what, do you, what advice do you give to a marketer who is still in an, who is in an organization where they want everything uh, buttoned down? They want to know the management is saying, "I want to know exactly what you're going to do for the next yep. twelve months," because that's how the management was used to planning these things for oh, the last fifty, hundred years. Yeah. So first, I would say, you know, agile is not for every, agile is not a holistic solution for marketing. So there's lots of things in the marketer's world that are still appropriate to apply waterfall to. And so part three of my book is largely focused on, okay, well, if you have, one, you think Agile is important, you understand why it's important. Part two is about, well, what are the dominant methods? Part three is very much about, well, how do I get Agile to work and integrate with my traditional methods? So one piece that I would say is, it's not about convincing your management that Agile is this holistic solution that's going to replace the way that you've worked before. So there will be... You don't tell them that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Don't tell them that. You know, there will be, for many, many marketers, a waterfall backbone. I'm I'm sure that there are probably some exceptions to this, but in general, this is the case. The, The next thing that I would say is that Agile makes its way into different companies in different ways. So at small companies driving Agile into the culture is actually quite different than the way that Agile makes its way into enterprises. And so you really have to think about, understand the culture of your your company to figure out how is Agile going to be adopted. One thing that I would tell you, like even if you have an executive at the company, which is the opposite of what your, your question here that says, you know, I want to be more Agile. Go make Agile happen. Even do in that Agile thing. Right, do that Agile thing. Even in that case, you're still going to need to start. Like, one of the um, core principles of Agile is that you break um, teams into small pieces. You break your work into small pieces. This idea of dividing things into small bits or what, at the very beginning, the minimum viable product, right? The least, the, the smallest thing that you can possibly do to validate that you're headed in the right direction. That's mm-hmm. what the minimum viable product is, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that we're splitting up our teams into smaller cross-functional teams, oftentimes seven or eight people. 
Okay, so when you think about bringing Agile into a company, that means that you can take one project, one relatively small project, and just get going with Agile. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's that gives you the opportunity to sort of put some points on the board and to have some experience to figure out how are you going to tailor the Agile approach to your team because it, in every case, Agile needs to be tailored to your organization. You can't just take one of these Agile methods off the shelf. Right. and start doing it. In fact, Agile has this concept of the retrospective baked into it, which is after each iteration, you're not just doing a retrospective on what you produced, but you're also doing a retrospective on how did the process itself work and how can you improve that process. Mm -hmm. And I also like how testing is baked into things, particularly for marketers who aren't used to testing things, where you would say, all right, what are we going to test? <laughs> it just changed the whole. Uh, it changes the whole conversation. So let's say the the boss man is listening to this interview and says, "Hey, uh, I just read this guy's book. It's great. I, I, we got to do this." Um, the marketing people say, "Okay." It, it's still you know change is pretty terrifying. What are the objections? The common objections that that bubble up as it relates to trying to implement sure. even this first agile test. Yeah, I think, so there's a whole section of my book where I talk a little bit about this. I think some of the uh, most common ones are things like, well, this process won't scale. And I think that comes from the fact that what I said before about it breaks work into small bits and it breaks teams into smaller uh, cross-functional groups. And I think executives look at that from a management perspective and say, well, hey, that's just not going to scale. Yeah, but is there what they're currently doing going to scale? Right. I, I think the, the, the important point there is that, well, the reality is, is that waterfall doesn't actually scale that well. Anything that involves human beings doesn't scale super well, right? So the same kind of communications that communication challenges that come up with waterfall, those, those exist with Agile too. So I, I don't think that is a fair criticism of Agile. That's just a, a management challenge having to do with scale regardless of the method that you're going to be using. Okay. I think some of the other challenges that that come up are, well, but you know, I really want to know exactly when we're going to deliver this thing, and you know, why? I want no uncertainty. I want no uncertainty, and I think the the primary challenge to that is that if you look at waterfall, you can point to lots of examples where one waterfall failed to deliver on time, and where you know there was uncertainty simply because you were trying to get waterfall to address some situations where you weren't able to predict the future well and that led to really negative outcomes for the company mm -hmm. so i think you know looking at projects that you've done with waterfall where waterfall has produced suboptimal results is a great way to get to then sort of say well here let's let's play through what might have happened if we had applied Agile in this case. Right. And the, right. a lot of times you can say, well, you know, we would not have committed, you know, to this, like, as we talked about before, we're building this building, we got 50, way, 50 stories in, and we decided we want the next 50 stories to be different. Every marketer work today can point to examples of where priorities shifted, direction changed, and where there were significant costs associated with it. Mm -hmm. Agile is very much about mitigating that, and I think that that's something that really resonates with executive management. And I think the, the, the other piece there is that you know helping them understand the way that product development and product management have changed is also really important. I mean, I think when when you're talking about executive, the executive in this case, you're often talking about uh, you know a CMO maybe who isn't 
um, as aware as they could be of the way that practices have changed in, in product management and product development. So this is one of the benefits of Agile is that it actually helps the marketing organization speak the language of product development and product management. I think it allows executives ultimately to be able to actually collaborate more effectively. We talked before about the fact that you know Agile is not going to be a holistic practice for the marketer. It's going to be something that gets integrated with some more traditional practices, research, planning, strategy practices, right? Mm -hmm. And so Agile is something that thrives on constant feedback, whether that's, you know, from your website or an application or a retail environment. Then there's these more traditional kinds of feedback that come in from your um, strategy and, and planning practices. Those might come in on a quarterly basis. So one question that marketers have is, or this is something that comes up a lot in the Marketing Agility podcast, is that marketers are struggling to figure out, well, how do I get that agile practice, which is you know, constantly consuming immediate feedback, to integrate with this more strategic practice that we have that's getting feedback at you know, quarterly or biannually? Right, mm -hmm. that's a challenge that marketers face. In my book, I talk a little. Uh, I provide some frameworks for being able to do that. But I think one of the key takeaways is that if you can get marketers to engage with the other, their, or the CMO to engage with the other folks in the C-suite at that ground level of agile practice, it sets them up to collaborate much more effectively on the strategic level, where they're really on the front lines of taking that more um, that feedback that comes in at longer cadences from customer advisory boards, from you know analysts, from these other sources that are, as I described, the sort of more traditional sources of input that they have. Yeah, I, lo I love how Agile sort of sneaks in this communication and collaboration, uh, maybe before everybody realized that, that that's what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think another thing, sort of another practice that is very common in, in Agile methods is this idea of the backlog. So the backlog is just a, tr a transparent representation of what are we working on next, right? And you don't get to, to take something out of the backlog until you finish something that you're working on right now. Mm -hmm. And when you expose that backlog transparently, what it does is it, it tends to drive much more merit-based conversations about what you're going to do next. Because if you change the position of something in that list, you're going to push something down, right? If you put this new thing on top. So if you've got an executive come into the room and say, well, you know, again, highest paid person in the room, right? <laughs> hippo, um, says, yeah. We're the hippo. We're changing the, the priority here. We're going to take this thing. We're going to put it at the top of the backlog. Okay, great. But the conversation that doesn't usually happen with Waterfall is, well, okay, wait, in order to do that, we also need to talk about all the stuff that you're pushing down. Yeah and, yeah. and let's have a merit. So like, is this thing that you're elevating higher value than all this other stuff? Mm -hmm. And by exposing it transparently, not just to the team that's working on it, but more, at, at a greater scale to the organization as a whole, it prevents those you know, the hippo from coming in and doing things that are very disruptive, actually. Yeah, I, I saw, I, I, wanna, I want the new shiny object. We, we got to stop everything you're doing. <laughs> Let's put right. that in there. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, Roland, uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask you about was in the book, you say it's time to make Peter Drucker's vision a reality. Explain yeah. that. 
Okay, so Peter's work has has been, I think, a very significant inspiration for for me as a marketer. I think he he, I'm constantly going back to things that he wrote 30 years ago and just sort of thinking, my God, this guy was so prescient in his oh, comments. Yeah. He really kind of saw the future and. So throughout my book, there's actually a number of Peter Drucker quotes. One of the thing that he, one of the things that he talked about early in the book is that, in in his language, he said, you know, the the two primary drivers of of the business in the future are going to be marketing and innovation. And I would interpret that statement, and he, then he says, so everything else is cost, and. I would interpret that statement. I would change it just a little bit to say marketing. And when, when he says innovation, I, what he, he's really talking about is product management. Because today, product management has become so elevated in contemporary companies that they are really what I would describe in the book as the steward of innovation. Mm-hmm. Where, where the marketer, I see as the steward of customer experience. And these two roles are the roles that are driving the business and in order to do that, they need to work in close collaboration together. So where product management leads innovation, they're not doing that in isolation, right? They're doing that in close partnership with marketing, but they are the leader because they're the ones who are you know, taking responsibility for the product. Again, with customer experience, marketers are taking the leadership role, but it's something that is really has to be a collaboration between product management and marketing because the the key to success is to customer experience is you know having consistency both inside and outside of the product those experiences need to feel like they're cut from the same cloth and similarly like we need to find opportunities to take marketing from that's outside of the product and push it into the product so if you can get these two roles to work closely together they really become the two primary drivers of the business. And I think this was an idea that Drucker shared, as I said, almost 30 years ago, and was really the fact that he anticipated the way that the product management role has become elevated in the enterprise today. It's pretty amazing, actually, Um, especially considering that when he wrote that, oftentimes product management or the, the definition of product market fit was sometimes even coming out of the marketing group. So there's been a lot of transformation in the role of the CMO and the role of the product management leader since he wrote that. You know, it, you know, product management has sometimes, you know, been in marketing a long time ago. Then it was, you know, particularly technology companies moved under the CTO. Now it's been, you know, then it was elevated to its own role. And now the chief product officer, you know, is increasingly reporting into the CEO. So there's been real shifts of the critical roles. And, you know, the role between the CMO and the CIO is really changing as well because of the, the amount of technology that the marketer is, is, is onboarding. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's made these, these um, C-suite roles much more collaborative. I see the CMO and the, the chief product officer as really being these two critical roles, though, for companies that are going to be competitive on the basis of customer experience in the future. Yeah, it's uh, enough to make a marketer's head spin, but as they say, <laughs> the only consolation I can offer is that in chaos lies opportunity. So, Roland, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? So, you know, I I think that 
I have heard through the process of writing the book, you know, I've talked with lots and lots of marketers and I, of course, had a lot of experience on my own implementing Agile. And I have seen firsthand the incredible benefit that it can bring to the companies where I've had the opportunity to, to work. And I think, you know, part of the purpose of this book is to sh share from my experience and the experience of others that I had a chance to highlight in the book about why Agile is so important and how to get started with it. So my hope is that people who read the book will give Agile a chance in their organization and basically do what we talked about, start a small project with an Agile team and just get some ex firsthand experience with it so they can see the value for themselves and then take next steps. That's great. What books have inspired your work and career? That is a good question. You know, I... Um, well, there's Peter a, Drucker, obviously. Peter Drucker, obviously. You know, there's a, a great book that was written uh, by the uh, one of the founders of Eloqua um, called Digital Body Language, which is a really interesting one. O you know, older books, I think, that were formative in my career and really sort of just changed my view of marketing or things like the Clue Train Manifesto, mm. Christensen's The Innovator's Dilemma, of course, mm -hmm. things like Crossing the Chasm. The Lean Startup is very related to my book, um, Eric Reese's book. I think there's yeah, a Yeah, that gets mentioned there. a lot on this show. Yeah, I bet. I mean, that, that work, that <laughs> bringing Lean to the market and, and getting um, particularly, you know, the startup culture is so influential today because you know particularly in in California Silicon Valley these are the companies that are really leading the way a lot of companies are trying to sort of tap into that mojo and so mm -hmm. there was just kind of an interesting confluence when you combine this lean approach and agile approach with the startup world that it really drove that idea into the into the market and and sort of softened the ground i think for marketers to become more aware of things like agile marketing and the relationship between agile and lean. Mm -hmm. And that's where a book like this is helpful for a marketer who says, look, I don't work at a software company. I've never worked at one. So I'm not, I haven't been marinating in this process. How can mm -hmm. I get started? So that's where I think this book is, I think, is going to be particularly helpful for a much broader swath of uh, the marketing world than just the folks uh, that have been working at absolutely. software companies. I, I guess the one other takeaway that I would say is that. It, it is about giving you a practical guide to get started with Agile, but I think it is about showing marketers or drawing the pathway to get to that aspirational endpoint where they can actually make meaningful contributions as the steward of customer experience. Agile is the pathway that exists between where marketers are today and this future state where we're really going to be able to ascend to that role and have much greater influence with our peers and with the chief product officer to, to take on that leadership role, to be the steward of customer experience, and to, to drive the business in partnership with the chief product officer. Mm, yes, very well said. Are there any recent upcoming, recent or upcoming books that, you're, that you recommend or are looking forward to reading? Absolutely. So there's, I'm very excited actually in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking on a panel at MarTech in San Francisco. That, that event is put on by a guy named Scott Brinker. I mm -hmm. don't know if you've had Scott on the show yet, but his forthcoming book, um, Hacking Marketing, I think shares a tremendous amount of DNA with, with my book. Yeah, he's, and, he's uh, been interviewed and he's, he's been on the show. Okay, 
great. Well, by yeah, the time so, this publishes, he his episode will have published. Great, and you know, as as you know, his book is also being published by Wiley. So I think you know it's exciting to see. I think that so that points to something actually interesting, which is that this this trend that's happening where um, marketers are really beginning to understand agile and adopt it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that is going to happen because of you know one book. It's something that's going to happen because of a collection of marketers who are delivering this message to the market. So I think it's actually great that um, you know to have someone like Scott creating a book here. A former colleague of mine, a guy named Yasha Kaikas Wolf, he published a, a book that has a lot to do with Agile called Growing Up Fast which I would um, recommend to your, to your readers to check out. And if you look at the, the larger ecosystem of folks that have a stake in Agile, it's just amazing the amount of content that's being published just in the last couple of months. Boston Consulting Group wrote an amazing white paper about the Agile organization. Um, Spotify, publishing a lot of really interesting work about how they've structured Agile within their group. The major analyst firms starting to write their first white papers. You're seeing agencies and consultancies positioning themselves as Agile firms. So it's like, it's just popping up everywhere right now, which I think is an exciting sign that this approach is really great gaining traction with marketers. So Yeah, and we'll try to link up as many of those as, as you mentioned, but it's it's almost as if the flywheel is is getting a bit of a, a boost here. It's gonna start spinning yeah. faster. Agree. I think the the key from my perspective is that it doesn't become a hype cycle and that, you know, there that when people talk about agile, that it doesn't just become buzz, that it actually gets tied back down to the Agile approach, specific Agile methods, and the practices that underlie those methods, because that's where the rubber hits the road and what's really going to provide value to businesses. Like It's not just an idea to talk about. It's something that has real structure to it and that you know requires a significant amount of discipline to actually implement. Well, and it, and it generate results. Nothing like results helps something catch on, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Roland, how best can listeners learn more about you and your book? Well, you know, I, I blog a lot about this topic and customer experience on my, my own blog, which is at rolandsmart.com. There's a bit, uh, there's a whole area about the book there. Mm-hmm. So I'd invite you to check check that out. The other thing that I would say is that you mentioned at the top of the show that I co-host something called the Marketing Agility Podcast with a guy named Frank Days, another really smart marketer who's been working with Agile for a long time. And that show is a great place to come and hear marketers sharing their own sort of experience in the trenches mm-hmm. implementing Agile. Yeah. So great firsthand experience. We also bring on you know marketing leaders who talk about enterprise transformation with Agile. But so, it's real practitioners, which is what I think is uh, the most powerful thing. Exactly. I, I mean, I think it's it's really, really powerful. So we um, obviously had um, Scott on recently. You can hear from actually some of my colleagues from Oracle who are really transforming Oracle and, and modernizing it as we're implementing a lot of the marketing technology that Oracle's acquired in the last three years. And just, just marketers doing really, really exciting work at a very broad range of companies. So it's a great venue to hear firsthand from marketers. Absolutely. Closing quote, I hope this book has inspired you to think seriously about Agile, to start talking it up in your organization. Much more important, though, is that you do Agile. 
thought leadership brought agile into the marketer's world, but it's do leadership that is what's most needed now. So the sooner you embrace agile, the sooner you'll obtain the feedback you need to iterate with. Although being an early adopter is not always easy, having first mover advantage is powerful. The name of the book is The Agile Marketer, Turning Customer Experience into Your Competitive Advantage. The author is Roland Smart. Roland, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that closes the book on episode 66 of the Marketing Book Podcast. But please don't let the end of this episode be the end of what you can learn about modern marketing. Visit marketingbookpodcast.com for show notes, free resources, and marketing guides. And while there, make sure to sign up for the Marketing Book Podcast newsletter so you never miss an episode. Again, that's marketingbookpodcast.com. And if you're listening to this episode and you haven't subscribed to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, make sure to do that so every episode will automatically appear on your smartphone fresh from the podcast factory. I love hearing from listeners like you, so tweet me up using hashtag marketingbook. Do you have questions or feedback on the show? Just hop on the Twitter and use hashtag marketingbook. And please join us next time as we talk with Aaron Ross about the new book he's co-authored with Jason Lemkin titled From Impossible to Inevitable, How Hypergrowth Companies Create Predictable Revenue. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. <laughs>